What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. In this week's episode, we're talking about how to save 40 hours a month in your business. And it got me thinking about, you know, what have I learned over the years about how to really use my time effectively and save time? Because let me tell you, in the beginning, I would just like work and work and work and work and work. And it wasn't really, I'd produce a lot of stuff, but I wouldn't say it was like really having an impact in the bottom line. And I think one of the things that really shifted things around for me is doubling down on what works. So rather than trying everything, that was kind of my instinct in the beginning. I wanted to learn everything, learn all the marketing approaches, learn all the different ways I could work with clients or the different types of products I could sell. Rather than doing that, it's looking, trying something. So I've figured out you try something and then see what the results are. And so once you've tried a few things, you start to figure out, you see the ones that are working and the ones that aren't. So the big shift was actually then focusing in on that stuff that's working and doing more of that, optimizing that rather than what my initial approach was, which was like, oh yeah, that worked, but it still wasn't great. It still wasn't like the smash it out of the park hit that I wanted. So I'm going to go try something else. When in reality, what really works the very first time you try it, right? So if you try a few things, see which one you, you liked and which ones also started to give you some traction. What you know, looks like it's giving you some results more than the other things. And then do more of that. Master that one. So something that I love is podcasting, obviously. So I've really focused in on podcasting. I can't tell you how many people even now tell me I should start a YouTube channel. I should do more with video, but I don't know if I'd be great at that. You know, I could try it. I'll probably do some video here and there. I have done videos here and there, but I love podcasting. It's something that I can be really good at. It's working. I figured out the strategies to really double down on it. And that saves me time because, and also prevents overwhelm because I don't need to think about doing all these other strategies. I just stick with my podcasting. That could also be the same thing with giving workshops or running an online course or going to networking events or getting referrals or whatever it is, right? See what strategies are really working for you, even if they don't have the best results in the world, but they're getting some results and then focus in on those results and on those avenues towards getting those results and really master them. In my experience, that's what's really allowed me to save a lot of time. But as we go into this episode, we're going to talk about lots of different strategies to save time in your wellness business. This week, I'm speaking with Abigail Hopkins, who's the founder of That Clean Life. Now, I'm an affiliate of That Clean Life. It is an awesome meal planning service. So the reason I became an affiliate of That Clean Life is actually because of your request. So I heard from multiple people that they wanted to include meal plans in their health coach programs or when they're working with their clients. And they were a real pain to create. So people were wasting tons of time trying to create meal plans for each of their clients. And it was a complete nightmare. So I looked around and 
connected with Abigail. And actually that clean life is beautiful and professional. They have professionally developed recipes. There's new recipes every week. You can put your branding on everything. She's given me access to the program. So I've gone in and I wrote a review about it. I tested it myself. It's really awesome. If you'd like to check out That Clean Life, you can go through my affiliate link, which is wellpreneuronline.com slash thatcleanlife. And I'll link that up in the Facebook group. It doesn't change the price to you, but it does give me a little bit of commission, which goes to support the podcast. And I really appreciate your support of my work. So in this interview with Abigail, we're going to be talking about two different things. We're going to be talking about how to save 40 hours a month in your business. And no, it's not just about meal planning. Don't worry. Um, Abigail works with hundreds of different health coaches and nutritionists and other wellpreneurs. And so she's really gotten insight into what people are struggling with in their business. So we're going to talk about it from that perspective, as well as just her running her own business. So how to save time in your business. And then also how to really ask for and receive help in your business. You know, so many of us are like controlling and want to do it all. And we're going to talk about how to just let go a little bit and allow other people to help you, which honestly can save you time too. So let's jump into this interview with Abigail Hopkins. Hi, Abigail. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So you sent me an email with an awesome suggestion for an episode. So I was really excited to have you on how to save 40 hours a month in your wellness business, which is something I heard that and I was like, oh, wow, we all want that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm all about time saving hacks. So So, I'm really excited about this. So start off for people who don't know who you are. Just tell us a bit about who you are and what your business is. Yeah. So my name is Abigail Hopkins. I live downtown Toronto with my husband and my co-founder, Chris. I'm the co-founder of That Clean Life, which many of you probably know as a meal planning platform that helps wellness professionals design really awesome, customized meal plans, grocery lists, and recipe books for their clients without having to spend hours on it. So we're kind of uh, merging the worlds of nutrition and technology to make eating healthy much more simple and fun. So that's what I'm working on now. And I love every minute of it. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, I am an affiliate for That Clean Life because I really think your service is awesome. It's so professional, great photos, really tasty recipes, easy to use. And let me tell you, I hear so often that people want to create meal plans for their clients and it's a huge amount of work. So I think what you're doing is, you know, really time saving and much needed. But we're not here to talk about meal planning, though. So let's let's jump over to this other subject and we can talk a bit more about that at the end. So how to save 40 hours a month in your business? Tell us about this idea that sounds too good to be true. Yeah, so. If you're going to be a high growth business, if you're going to serve a lot of customers and a lot of clients, you really need to get good at saving time in your business. So I have been for years now and I've realized that I need to operate a lot more efficiently. So I know that there's a ton of little tips and tricks that I can share with you that I've learned along the way. But I always kind of like to start when I'm doing coaching calls with our business members is kind of reflecting on your day and kind of looking at the hours you spend in your day and how you're spending them and where you do your best work. Because it's really important to know when you function best and when you start to fade out. So for an example, like I used to work out in the morning, which was really silly because the morning is when I'm most productive. And when 
I switch my schedule so that I work out at 5 p.m., which is when I start to fade away. And when my brain power starts to kind of dwindle, I notice a dramatic increase in my productivity. So I really think that being self-aware is one of the key things to saving time in your day. And now I start my early mornings, like I start 7am and work till 11am. That's when I do my best work. I do not schedule any meetings during that time. And I also try to create really focused blocks. So instead of being reactive to things that come throughout the day, I can pick kind of chunks when I focus on certain things. Because I don't know about you, but you can tell me this. Do you find email super distracting? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely something I'm trying to get better at because I find email to be my biggest distractor in my day. And I'm always, you know, answering emails and then switching back over to my tasks. But that's not how you focus and get anything done. No, I I had a very similar experience because I'm also a morning person and my best creative work I do first thing in the morning or that that's when I do produce my best work. So I've had to learn that too, that I need to get up and do my most important creative work right then. So getting up and starting to answer emails or even jumping on a call would be like the worst thing for me because I'm kind of wasting that super focused creative time. And for me, I can go until about 3 p.m. And then I'm just like, (laughs) then there's like no writing that's coming out anymore. So I tend to schedule like my creative work in the mornings and then calls in the afternoon because I can be really social and be on on calls, but I just can't like produce work that takes a lot of thought that time. So you're totally right. It takes a while to really tune into what, yeah, what works best for you, but that's hugely time saving. Yeah, because I have a few friends who are, you know, you and I are the exact same. We work best in the morning, but I have friends who do their best work at night. Mm-hmm. So they prefer to schedule their calls in the morning and anything social and then get to work later on, like some even after dinner, which I can't comprehend mm-hmm. because I love being in bed at like 9 p.m. So yeah, <laughs> no, that's totally too. Yeah, but it's all about knowing yourself, you know, and, exactly. and that's part of the benefit, I think, of working for yourself is that you have that flexibility if you choose to use it to actually structure your day the way that's going to suit you. Exactly. Yep. It's so important to be, to, you know, to have that self-awareness and take the time to reflect. Did you find like when you first started out in your business, were you like wasting lots of time and not doing these kind of things? Oh, yes. Like it's taken me years to arrive at this point where I feel like I'm being somewhat productive. Like I'm still like sometimes days go by and I just feel like I have nothing done. But that's why I feel like it's important to kind of keep track of what you do and keep track of your time. So at the end of the day, you have a list of or a few major things that you accomplished. So you don't, you never, you're never left with that feeling like I did nothing today because usually sometimes it feels like that, but we did accomplish quite a bit. Do you do any sort of planning like the night before or planning in the morning? Like how do you, I guess, planning for knowing what you're going to work on that day? Yeah. So I actually use a system called Trello. And I think that's another really important way to save time in your business is to find a way of organizing your workflow that works for you. So it's really different for everybody. Some people use planners or no pen and paper, but I really love Trello. And the way I set up Trello is I have columns with the days of the week and I set up the tasks that I want to accomplish in each day. 
And then when I finish it, I'm able to move it to the done column so that I can clearly see what I've done in that day. And that's what works really well for me. It's also great for working as a team because I can at mention my team members and we can talk about different tasks they're working on. And it's just, oh, have you ever used Trello? Yeah, yeah. That's what we use to manage everything, actually. We use it to manage the podcast and all of our blog posts, like everything basically that needs to get done is done in Trello. It's fantastic. I couldn't live without it. But that's how I plan out my days in advance. So before I kind of sign off for the day, before I shut my laptop and say that's enough, I always look at the column for the next day, what's coming up so that when I open my laptop the next morning, I'm ready to kind of hit the ground running. And I'm never left kind of sitting there wondering what I'm going to work on next because I've already prioritized it the night before. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important because I I know when I first left my corporate job, I would and I started working for myself. It's like I sit down in the morning and be like, I had this massive to-do list with like 70 items on it. And you sit down and be like, huh, what should I start working on today? (laughs) And you inevitably pick like the easiest thing or the quickest thing or like it's not a very strategic way to approach it. And so it's much better to do what you're doing, planning in advance and on the most important things. Yeah. Yes. And I that actually brings me to another point. Like I, I like to identify the three most important tasks and put those at the top of the column. So with Trello, you can drag and drop tasks. So I put the three most important ones at the top because like you said, creating a huge list of things to do is great because you can check them off. But what I found myself doing is I would just reach for the easiest tasks. Mm -hmm. And the ones that took a lot of time and a lot of brain power would just keep falling to the bottom and falling to the bottom and never get done. So I was always picking the easiest things to do. So what I try to do now, and this is like still a big time work in progress, but I try to always ask myself, what is the most important thing I should be working on right now? And make sure that I'm always working on the most important thing in that moment. And it can change from time to time. But usually on a day-to-day basis, you can get a pretty good idea of what that most important thing is. And when you're honest with yourself, sometimes you're like, nope, this is definitely not the most like answering emails right now is there's other things I should be doing that are more important to growing my business. So it's just another part of that self-reflection piece. I've also found that there's a real difference between urgent and important. Because sometimes like there'll be something that you really need to do on a deadline or people are pestering you to do, but it actually might not be like sometimes the most important things to move your business forward don't actually have a deadline. It's that stuff that is really strategic that nobody's waiting on, but it's really important to do to move yourself forward. Exactly. Like we had an instance come up a couple of weeks ago where we had a lot of people asking for tutorial videos for that clean life. And it was something I had been putting off forever because it was one of those things that was going to involve me sitting down and spending a lot of time recording and doing the voice recording and doing the video editing. And I had just been putting it off forever and letting other things creep up that weren't as important. And finally, I was like, you know what? This is the most important thing. I really need to do this. And that's also when it becomes very important to get comfortable with saying no to things that don't align with your priorities. Because like so many things pop up throughout the weeks and, you know, new opportunities come up that seem kind of shiny and appealing. But if you've prioritized, if you've you've done it right and prioritized the most important things to work on, then I feel like you have to kind of stick to those. And this might mean saying no to other things, which is hard, but it's I've learned it's absolutely necessary. So share some other, what are some other of the time-saving hacks that you've learned? 
Yeah, I'm really into automation right now. I'm constantly trying to figure out ways that I can automate things. The trouble with automation, though, is it can be kind of overwhelming because a lot of the automation, as you probably know, involves a lot of technology and piecing that together can be hard. So that is something that's unfolded for us at That Clean Life over the course of years. We're still working on automating things. But what I encourage you to do is to take a look at what repetitive tasks you're doing and figure out how to automate those tasks. So So give us an example. Yeah, so... One that we just automated was a drip campaign for our lead magnet. So before, we used to have a really cool lead magnet about that taught wellness entrepreneurs how to grow their business using meal planning. And then I would scan that list every once in a while and reach out to those people that downloaded it manually. And what I've done now is I've gone back and I've put in an automated campaign that sends out to them after they download the book that welcomes them and then teaches them the most important things and follows up for me so I don't have to do that manually. And that's one less thing that I don't have to do every week. Awesome. I think that's something that maybe you don't need to automate right if you're just getting started. Maybe you don't need to automate everything right away because you don't exactly know, you don't have the systems in place yet to automate. But I think like what you're saying is once you've like once you've got something up and running, you see that it's working, then there's no need to do it manually. Yeah. You know, another good example is appointment scheduling. So when you're first getting started and you're seeing clients and you're spending a lot of time sending emails back and forth, maybe it's a good time to consider automating the scheduling process. And there's so many good Mm -hmm. tools out there to do that. And that, I think we underestimate the time we spend sending emails back and forth to arrange things. And I find like appointment scheduling is just one of those things that can cut way back. That's one of those things that actually, even if you're just getting started, if you haven't started, just sign up for an online calendar. (laughs) Like you just, there's no need to go back and forth on scheduling appointments. I think that's just takes huge amounts of time. You can make mistakes. Like then there's rescheduling and oh, I use Acuity. Is that what oh, you use? I, I use Calendly. Oh, um, right. I've been using it for a couple of years. I think it's like 90 US dollars a year. And yeah, I love it because it syncs with my calendar, my mm-hmm. Google Cal, and then sends me notifications and I don't miss anything anymore, which is like my biggest nightmare is like not showing up for an appointment mm-hmm. on time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really like Calendly. Oh yeah, that's a great suggestion. What do you guys do about social media? Ashley Sauve, our kind of customer success lead, she does all our scheduling, but we have it all kind of running on autopilot. So what we do is we send out or we spend about an hour every week scheduling that all out. We use Buffer. Mm. So that's another tool that's great. And it is super affordable. I think it's like $9 a month for the most basic plan. And it is worth every penny and more. Because what you can do is you can connect all your social channels. So we can go in there and connect like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And then we can send out automatic tweets and Facebook posts and Instagrams as well. Now they have automatic scheduling. So spend an hour up front in a week, schedule out all your social content, and then it runs automatically throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Of course, you have to like spend time doing that engagement piece and responding to comments. But that's no problem when you've saved as much time as you have Mm -hmm. scheduling it all out in advance. I'm curious, just for you personally, we touched a little bit on email, but how do you deal with your email? And how do you deal with business email? Yeah, email is like my best friend and my worst enemy all at the same time. I have just recently started to use Boomerang. 
which I love. So I'm a big, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's amazing. And it's also free, I believe, to a certain extent. You have to pay for it if you use it a lot. But I am a big fan of using the archive button. So the way I manage my inbox is when things come in, they sit in my inbox until I have dealt with them. After I've dealt with them, I archive them so that my inbox is always at zero when I have nothing to deal with. If it's something that I don't need to deal with right away, instead of having it sit there and stare at me, I boomerang it. Mm -hmm. So boomerang allows me to say boomerang this message, which means send this back to me in a certain amount of time. So if I want to deal with it next week, I can send it back to myself in seven days. I want to deal with it tomorrow. You know, I can do 24 hours. And that has been amazing. Mm -hmm. And those, just so everybody knows, those all work off of Gmail. So like Gmail, you don't, you can just archive everything and then search it to find it in the future rather than having to create all these complicated folders and stuff like we used to do in other email programs. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh, I wish I would have found that one sooner. (laughs) So do you keep email up all the time? No. So I turned my computer on do not disturb. So my email is always open, but I don't see new emails coming in. So if you're on Mac, I don't know what it is for Windows. There's a little button in your settings and it's called Do Not Disturb. And you can turn that on and you won't get any notifications. So while I'm working away, I don't hear or see any emails come in unless I hover over my dock and see how many emails I have sitting there with a little red alert that's so annoying. But that has also been great for me because I don't get distracted by that. But I will fully admit I'm totally guilty of getting distracted when I see those emails coming in and checking to see what they are and what's going on. So that's what I'm working on is actually closing out my email so I don't see those little notifications. Mm -hmm. And then after like a period of three or four hours of focused work, then I can open up my email. But it's hard. I find email one of the most difficult things to deal with just because you get like that little, I don't know, endorphin hit or something every time you get an email. Like it's kind of exciting to get another email in a weird way, like not very exciting, but do you know what I mean? It's like you're curious, like, oh, I got an email. Let's see what it is. Yes. And that's so distracting, like you said. So probably the best thing I did, which I think I've talked about before, is a couple of years ago now, I moved all my work email, like gave it to my assistant basically. So she takes the work email and that's been like anything that comes in for the business. That has been amazing because and all the podcast scheduling and everything goes through her. And that's really freed me up from looking at emails all the time. But I still have the habit that I'd like to check email first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. from my phone. I'm not happy with that habit, but I, I guess I'm not motivated enough to break it yet. So I still check my email first thing in the morning, but I can't tell you how many guests say, stopping checking email in the morning was like the best thing they ever did. I just guess I'm not there yet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm, you know, I pick up my phone first thing in the morning and I like to clear out my inbox in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I like to respond to anything that's there. So I start kind of fresh. I tried for a while to leave my phone out in the kitchen so that I didn't touch it first thing in the morning and I didn't become reactive. And I think that lasted for like three nights before it was back on my bedside table and I was reading them again in the morning. So I'm in the same boat. I need to work on that because I definitely see the power of that. I can see why that would be freeing and help you not start your day off in like such a reactive note. Mm -hmm. What about social media for personal use? Yeah. So when I started building that clean life, I actually ended up switching over all my personal profiles to that clean life profile. So I lost all my personal profiles. 
So like Instagram, instead of trying to grow Instagram from scratch, I just changed my personal Instagram to that clean life. So I actually didn't have a personal Instagram for a while. I always kept my personal Facebook. And I recently just got it back. So I'm kind of starting from zero. And I don't follow many people and many people don't follow me. And I'm okay with that. But I spend most of my time looking at that Clean Life's Instagram, even though I don't manage it anymore and seeing what's going on there and how it's growing. But that's another one that can be super distracting to check. And I think social media can be really good for growing your business. I'm not going to knock it because it's been a terrific way that we've been able to build a community around that clean life. But there's definitely toxic parts of social media that you need to disconnect from every now and then. Mm -hmm. And I find, you know, if people are doing their own social media updates, like luckily you have it, you have a team member doing it now. But when you're managing it for yourself for your business, you almost have to set a timer, like go in, don't even look at the newsfeed or whatever, just go in, do the posting that you need to do and get out because it can for sure an hour can go by so fast. Yeah. If you want to really grow your Instagram and your social media channels, it, it, it is a full time job. And I don't think it's possible to do that and then to do to like grow your business and take care of the business side of things. So that's definitely an area where I had to ask for help and get Ashley's help with because she's even much better at it than I am. So (laughs) it works out. Let's talk about that because that's another area I think is really challenging for a lot of wellpreneurs is asking for help for some reason. I don't know. It's like, it's like we feel like we have to do it all ourselves, either because we can do it best or because it doesn't count if we have somebody help us or maybe we don't think we deserve to have somebody help us because whatever we've invented, like we don't make enough money yet or we're not certain level of success, so we can't have people help. What's been your experience with getting help in your business? Yeah, this is, it's something I've struggled with too. I always kind of took on the mentality, like I can do this all myself and I can probably do it best. So I'm going to keep doing it all myself. But we kind of plateaued with our growth. And that's when I realized like, if if we want to do this, we can't do it alone. And we need help and we need to build a really great team. So that's what I've been working on kind of over the last couple of years is building a team of people who are better than me at certain tasks. And it's so important. And what I'm realizing now and what I hope you all will realize as you start, you know, going down this path is there are people out there who are really awesome and who can do the job better than you can, like 10 times better. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to kind of identify the tasks that you you don't enjoy doing and the tasks that you're spending tons of time on. So like, for example, I was spending tons of time scheduling out our social media every week and writing our newsletters and our blog posts. And that was, you know, taking up my whole week and I couldn't focus on other things. So now Ashley helps me out with that. And she's 10 times better at it than I ever was. But I think the most important part when you hire people is to be aware of that time that it's going to free up for you and to be aware of how you're going to spend that time and how you're going to invest that save time in other parts of your business and kind of have a plan for that. Mm-hmm. Was social media the first task that you outsourced? No, actually, recipe development was. so. Oh. Yeah, at That Clean Life, we release new recipes every week so that our members will like have access to new fresh content. And what ha- was happening was Christopher, my husband and co-founder and I, we were, we were eating cold dinner every night because I was always taking pictures of our food. And I just came to a point where I, you know, I was like, I can't do all the recipes for That Clean Life. We need help for this. 
So I had been working with somebody who had been following our meal plans and she was taking beautiful photos of all the food, like way better than I could ever take. Her name is Li Cheng. And I said to her, like, you are really good at this. Do you want to come work for us? And she's like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. And it was just such an organic relationship and such a good move. And that was almost four years ago. And she still develops recipes for us today and knows our business inside out, which is really, really awesome. So that was the first task that um, I started to outsource. Yeah. And and I can imagine that would be that would be a pretty hard one to outsource because you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is such a key part of our business. Like, you know, we're releasing this new, these meal plans, this content every single week. And like, that's what people are relying on us for. And how can I not do it? Exactly. And that's, that's a normal fear. And I had that fear myself, like, how can I not do this? But what I realized is that there are definitely people out there who can help and who will be happy to help and who will be, you know, support your vision and your mission and grow right along with you. So mm-hmm. it's definitely about letting down those those walls. It's scary, but you got to do it. What have you learned as you've delegated more and more tasks and, and gotten more help? What have you learned about how to make sure you get the quality of work that you want? How to not waste a lot of time outsourcing? Because I've heard that as a fear. A lot of people are worried, you know, they'll try to hire a VA or something and put it out there and then they're going to have to redo it. Right. I think you can't in the beginning stages. This is what I've learned personally. I think you can't communicate enough. And sometimes it feels like we're over communicating what we want. But I found myself in situations where we've brought people onto the team and it was nobody's fault but my own. I just wasn't clear enough about the expectations and what I wanted. And those first like few weeks and months of working with a new person, if you let things slide and if you don't communicate with them what you want, like if if they do something wrong and instead of telling them, you just go in and fix it, they're never going to learn and they're never going to get up to the level that you need them to be at. So I think it's really important to straight up just say to this new person, you know, I'm going to communicate you know, you might even find it annoying at times. And if you do, let me know. But, you know, I want this to be a super open relationship. I want to be able to tell you how it's going. I want you to be able to tell me how you feel and keep those doors of communication wide open. Otherwise, you'll find yourself in a situation where the work's not going right and you have nobody to blame but yourself because you didn't communicate it. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that your husband is your co-founder. And I'd love to hear about what you learned with that. Because I know that's, you know, some people think, oh, wouldn't that be cool? And some people think, oh my God, I could never work with my partner. So what's that been like? So Christopher, we we call him a magical unicorn. He's like the best person. He's so business smart. And he's like, I give him full credit for that clean life. He's designed everything. And he's just been, because he came from the tech industry. So he was able to really help us bring that tech piece into things. But It hasn't been always butterflies and rainbows. Like we do butt heads. But I think it has really brought us closer in the end. And a lot of people are like, don't you guys kill each other? And I'm like, no, not really, because we have this shared passion and it brings us closer together. And I think probably our biggest weakness is that we obsess about it maybe too much. (laughs) But it has been such a wild ride and it's fun. And I think it helps us that we work on two totally different parts of the business. So Mm -hmm. he works on tech. I could not do the tech side if you paid me a million dollars to. Like, I don't have the skills to do that. So he's kind of in his own world. And then I'm in the marketing and sales world. 
we're kind of working on two different things. So we're separated that way, but then have to communicate in between about it to kind of link it together. So it works for us. It does take work and we do need to kind of step outside of ourselves every once in a while and be like, are we talking about work or our personal relationship right now? Yeah, I was wondering about that. If you have to set, you know, set certain times where you just don't talk about work and you're just you guys. Yeah, we probably should, but we don't. You can check back with us in a couple <laughs> years and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still feel like we're just so excited about it. It's all we we like to talk about. But yeah, maybe someday we'll set some of those rules. But right now we're we're not there. Cool. Do you have any sort of morning routine or some other way that or do you just get up and start working at 7am? Like how how does that work for you? Yeah, I get up and start working right away. Like I said, I used to get up and have coffee and work out and kind of take it slower in the mornings. But then I realized that those are my most productive hours. So I usually get up and I still get a coffee and I sip away at coffee and um, chip away at my emails and get organized for the day and do those kind of like low hanging tasks. And then I get into like the um, more important and focused tasks before 11am. That's my morning routine. And then I always try to work out at 5pm and make that a non negotiable. My meetings don't start until 11am. I'm very picky about that because I don't like anything interrupting my morning because it throws me off. But coffee and working on my my most important tasks in the morning are pretty much my morning routine. Chris and I sit together at the kitchen table and he has his headphones on and I have my headphones on and we don't talk and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So what are you most excited about in the next couple of years? I think I'm, I'm most excited right now about the fact we are helping wellness entrepreneurs help other people. And I feel like we are attracting some really high quality wellness entrepreneurs who are making a big impact in the world. And I think that's really cool. And I'm really excited about the the health and wellness industry kind of taking off right now. I think we are still just on the brink of a health revolution. I think we're not even there yet of how big this is going to be. So I'm really excited to be building a tool that's going to help all these wellness entrepreneurs really make a difference in the world and to play a part in making this world a healthier and a happier place. Awesome. Thank you so much, Abigail. It's been really great hearing about your hacks and your time savers and your own schedule. I think, you know, that's really, it's so helpful to hear what other people, how other people approach it. Because so often we're working alone and then you don't get to see what's working for other people. So I really appreciate you sharing all that. Yeah, exactly. Good. I hope it was helpful. (laughs) Definitely. So I will put the link, my affiliate link to That Clean Life in the show notes and also in our Facebook group. And I really encourage everybody to go check it out because what I especially love, I just wrote a review actually on your meal planning service. I love that you have not only the new recipes every week, but you have pre-made programs. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah. So about every month or so, we release a new pre-made program. So we're working with a very wide variety of wellness professionals with a wide variety of food philosophies. So we work with wellness professionals who are helping vegans and some who are doing keto and autoimmune paleo. And so we try to design these pre-made programs so that no matter kind of what your client needs, you'll have a pre-made program to kind of use as a template or a foundation to help you steer them in the right direction right off the bat. So, so it's like basically, all... it's basically like a rather than, I mean, you can go through and they could pick their own recipes, but this is like a pre-made, you know, here's a week's menu, right? Yeah, for that exactly. Certain diet. Yeah. 
It's a pre-made meal plan. So it has outlined their breakfast, lunches, dinners, and snacks. And then also comes with an itemized grocery list and all the recipes as well. So plus you saves can a ton in, of time. Yeah, you can add in your own recipes. You can like swap them out based on what your, your client likes to eat or doesn't like. It's really cool. And the pictures are gorgeous. So it looks, I think it's just, it's cool because it's so easy to use, but it looks totally pro. So I think it yeah. really like up levels the deliverables you can give to your clients. It's really cool. Exactly. We've learned that when people can see the food that they're going to eat, they're much more likely to follow the plan. When they see a bright, beautiful photo that gets them excited, it's a game changer. So yeah, the photos are something we spend a lot of time on. Awesome. So I will link up, yeah, I'll link up that clean life and also my review so that people can check that out if they want to see it in more detail. I kind of went through with lots of screenshots and everything. Yeah. But tell us where they can find you on social media and get in touch. Yeah. So we are big Instagram fans, as I was saying. I spent a lot of time staring at Instagram. Probably shouldn't. Uh, we are at That Clean Life on Instagram and just facebook.com slash That Clean Life on Facebook. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, the best way is probably email. I'm abigail at thatcleanlife.com. And I'm always happy to hear from the community and help you on your path to making this world a healthier place. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Abigail. It was great talking to you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. As always, you can find all the links in the show notes at wellpreneuronline.com. And if you'd like to try That Clean Life as a meal planning service, it is gorgeous and professional with delicious recipes and really easy to use and brand. And you'll just save so much time over creating meal plans yourself. Then you can try it out using my affiliate link, which is wellpreneuronline.com slash thatcleanlife. I'd love for you to give it a try and let me know what you think. You can also connect with me in our Facebook community. It's called the Wellpreneur Community Group on Facebook. And there's over 3,000 Wellpreneurs in there, all asking questions and sharing about what they're doing on their business and talking about this week's podcast episodes. So I'd love to see you over there as well. Okay, have a fantastic week and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.